0: Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now, here's the message Romans chapter 10 says, Whoever believes that Jesus Christ died and rose again and paid our sin debt. See, we had a sin debt. We were sinners born in sin, but he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That is eternal salvation when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. For eternity, you'll spend eternity with God because you're in the kingdom of God because your spirit is now made alive again. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old man has passed away and all things become new. Your spirit is made brand new. But there's another experience I want you to see in the Bible that comes after salvation for eternity through jesus christ and that is the baptism of the holy spirit i think the best way i can explain it there are seven feasts that god gave israel for appointed times and they are shadows of the future of what's to take place and the first one was the the feast of passover now jesus was the passover lamb remember the feast of passover the, the Jews, the Israelites, took blood, they put it upon the lentil, they put it upon the door, and, and the angel of death passed over. That's what it literally means, it passed over, passed over. Now, Jesus was the Passover lamb. Remember what, John, when he first saw Jesus at the River Jordan, he goes, Behold, the lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus, when he was crucified, fulfilled Passover, the, the feast of Passover. The next thing was Jesus was the unleavened bread. When he was in the grave, the feast of unleavened bread, seven days the Jews ate bread that had no leaven in it because leaven represented sin. See, he who knew no sin became sin. Amen? Jesus is the bread of life. And so he fulfilled that, that sin can be removed from us. Amen? Praise God. Isn't that good? We can go home now, all right? That'll be enough to get you so encouraged, so pumped up that your sins you have been forgiven, not by your, anything that you earned, but what the finished works of the cross did. The next thing is, is the feast of first fruits. Paul talks about that Jesus was the first resurrection of first fruits for many that would believe. He's the first resurrection. We're going to be raised with him. Amen. And so then you have those three. Those first feasts that are fulfilled by Jesus, but then there's another feast that comes after first fruits, and it's the the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Pentecost. That comes seven weeks after the Feast of Fruits. Seven weeks, 50 days. And so you remember what happens that Jesus, when he was on the earth in Acts chapter 1, he says, He says, Remember, he says, the promise of the Spirit, I'm sending to you, do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave Jerusalem, the Spirit. Now he told over 500 people, it says that in Corinthians chapter 15. He told 500 people, but how many were in that upper room? What happened to the other 380? 120 showed up, but 380 didn't. Either unbelief kept them there, or they just didn't didn't do it. Uh, Didn't see the need for it, didn't understand it. And so, I want to show you today that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, what fulfilled the day of Pentecost when Pentecost fully came in? You remember? The Holy Spirit came in like a rushing wind and filled the place and filled those who are believing, filled the 120. They began prophesying. They're speaking in tongues. And the people of, of, of different countries heard their tongues being said, spoken. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So, Jesus, with the first feast, the three feasts, he fulfilled for salvation for eternity. But the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Pentecost, that is to equip each believer here today to do the works of ministry. Then you got three other feasts. You got the Feast of Trumpets, which has not taken place yet, but that's the rapture. Huh? You hear the trumpet? And the dead in Christ will rise. Hallelujah. That's coming. That's a foreshadow. We're all ready for the rapture, guys. Nothing, ever, nothing else needs to take place. And the dead in Christ will rise, and we that are alive that remain will meet them in the air. Hallelujah. Then the, the Feast of Atonement, where Christ comes the second coming. And then the Feast of Tabernacles, where we'll live with the Lord for eternity. Praise God. Isn't that good? So this morning I want us to see there are different experiences uh, of, of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to say I give you a whole lot of a lot of stuff here this morning. First thing I want you to see this, this uh, statement. Christ is our example of how to live a filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christ is. Peter talks about that. He says that he is our example. He is our perfect example. Do you realize that? Christ Jesus. Do you know that he he was fully God and fully man? That's hard to comprehend, right? I mean, my brain thinks about that and it hurts. He wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was fully God, fully man, but he emptied himself, it says in Philippians. He emptied himself of that power, but he he was led by the Holy Spirit. It's a perfect example how God led Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And how we as men and women can be led by the Holy Spirit, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Remember the story of Jesus when he was was in a river, he was by the River Jordan, and John was baptizing people, and Jesus comes in and says, I need to be baptized from you. And you remember what what John said? He says, I need to be baptized from you. He says, So the scripture will be fulfilled, the prophecy will be fulfilled. So Jesus, John baptized Jesus. Water baptized him in the water. And you remember you heard a voice that said, the scripture said there was a voice that said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. This is the father. So you got Jesus the father. You got the son, Jesus, in the river Jordan. And then it says that the Holy Spirit, everybody say Holy Spirit, Spirit. descended upon him like a dove. Now, I want you to know here this morning that the Holy Spirit is not just some manifestation, it's not just some symbol, it's not just power. The Holy Spirit is a person in the personhood of the triune of the Godhead God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I say that because I read this week that there was a poll done in September of 2021 by a Christian university. Uh, You can read about this on Focus on the Family. That they asked Christians that that profess to be Christians that identify themselves as Christians, do you believe in the personhood of the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we believe it's just a symbol of God or a power of God. Listen, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is real. Amen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That means he has emotions, amen, because he's the personhood of the triune of the Godhead. And Jesus is a perfect example to show how the Holy Spirit can lead you and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter... No, Luke. Let's look at um, Luke chapter 4, 1 through 2. Now, this is right after Jesus. John chapter 3. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. God the Father says, My beloved Son, whom am I well pleased? The Holy Spirit descends upon him. And then Jesus starts his ministry. Did you know that Jesus didn't start his ministry until after that? He wasn't doing miracles. He wasn't doing teaching. He wasn't doing anything until the Holy Spirit came and rested upon him. Now, Luke chapter uh, 3 talks about that. Look, let's look at Luke chapter 4. Is it up there? Then Jesus being what? <laughs> Jesus had to be filled. You catch that, church? Because he emptied himself in Philippians, but now he's being filled. When was he filled? The River Jordan. When the Holy Spirit descended upon him, Jesus was filled. And what, was the, what happened? Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan, see the Jordan River, and was What? Led by who? By himself? No, he was, he was filled and he was led. He was filled, he was led. Before you can be led, you need to be filled, folks. you got to be filled with the Spirit to be able to do the will of God, to be led by the Spirit. And look where the Holy Spirit... You know, you think, this is my, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends upon him. It's a wonderful time, right? This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And the Holy Spirit comes and resides on him. And where does the Holy Spirit, he fills him, and where does it lead him? To the wilderness. Let me tell you something. (laughs) A lot of us can't go to the wilderness because we we can't be led by the Spirit because we're not filled with the Spirit. It takes being filled by the Spirit to be led by the Spirit to take you in the wilderness. Nobody wants to go to the wilderness. Amen? And sometimes God needs to fill you so he can lead you into tough situations. Tough times. Tough conversations. When things are not popular. It's easy to be talking about uh, being led by the Spirit here in the church. But how about out there? And God wants to take you. See, sometimes we think we gauge God's will because if it's smooth or not. Well, if it's green lights and every roadblock removed, then it's God's will. If it's smooth sailing, then it's God's will. Sometimes God wants to lead you into tough situations and, and you'll feel vulnerable. Remember when Jesus said to the disciples, go get in the boat and go to the other side. Jesus said, go get in the boat and go on the other side. And he went to a mountain pray, and they got in the boat to go to the other side. And what did they hit? A storm. Now, they are, are they obeying Jesus' word? He said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's try to go the other side. Let's attempt to go the other side. He goes to the other side. But sometimes when God leads you and tells you to do something, you're going to go through a storm. So sometimes we don't need to be dodging these storms. We just need to be led by the Spirit, be empowered by the Spirit, be filled by the Spirit so we can get done what God wants to get done. But a lot of us, well, we just want to gauge, well, that's not God's will because it's, 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 not, it's, too, it's too tough. God wants to do some tough things, but he's going to have to use you to be filled to do it. Amen? So he was filled and he was led. If he needed to be filled and led, how about us? We need to be filled and led. How are we going to do ministry if we're not filled and led? Spiritual gifts are just a talent if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. You got to be filled. You got to be led. Now, so Jesus is being led into a wilderness, and he's being tempted by the devil. He's there for 40 days on a fast, and he overcomes. You remember the devil comes to him and says, hey, turn these stones into bread. He's hungry. After 40 days, he's, turn these stones into bread. And that was a temptation for Jesus because he could do it. <laughs> and he said what? It is written. It is written. It is written. Man should not be led lived by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. <laughs> this is what you live by, folks, and this is still proceeding. By the way, huh? We don't read this like it's some historical fact. It's still proceeding. It's quick. It's powerful. It's alive. This will transform your mind. Do you know that? <laughs> this will make your way prosperous if you meditate on it day and night. It'll cause you to have great success. In the kingdom of God. It'll it'll cause you to know the perfect. When you come to a road and you're like, which way do I go, Lord? It'll help you to be able to prove what is the perfect, complete, and acceptable will of God. Is the word of God. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, what does the Holy Spirit do? Here's a statement I want you to see. Why be filled with the Spirit? Why? Why? So we can overcome what? Pinch your neighbor next to you. They got flesh, right? So you can overcome flesh, sin, and temptation, fulfilling the will of God. Some of us can't fulfill the will of God because we've got too much flesh. Fleshy, carnal Christians, right? I'm fine with you all the time, but, you know, say something that I don't just think is kosher, and then I'm going to fight you. We get, you know, when you come to the church, you realize that we're, we're all at different levels, different spiritual pages, and we have to be patient with one another? Huh? We have to live peace with one another. But that doesn't change the fact that there's unhealthy people that come to church. This is where we get healthy. That's what we're proclaiming to the world. You won't get healthy. This is a safe place. This is a safe place and this is where you hear the word of God and you subscribe to the word of God and you say, let God be true and every man a liar. Till I understand it, God gives me revelation about it. I'm going to submit to it. It can change you. We have to guard against bitterness. Do you know that? Receive the word with meekness. The engrafted word. Whenever you get a church this size, you get people filled in there, there's stuff going on, you got got to watch out for bitterness. You You got to guard yourself against, you know, sometimes I have to have boundaries with people just because they're unhealthy. Because then unhealthy people will start calling shots around you, dictating your time, dictating everything about you. And it doesn't mean that you don't have patience with them, you don't love them. You just need to step back so it doesn't affect you. You have to watch out for that. Receive with meekness the grafted word. Live peace with all men as much as possible. Hallelujah. So why be filled so we can overcome flesh? You pinch somebody, right? You still have flesh. You know how to overcome the flesh? Walk in the spirit. Walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How you walk in the Spirit? By being filled with the Spirit. Is it a one-time thing? No. Listen, initially you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to read about this, but you need to be filled all the time. You know why? I heard a pastor say it like this one time, because we leak. If you take a cup of water and fill it up and stick it outside on a table, what's going to happen in seven days? Water's going to be gone. It evaporates. That's what happens with you. You can't just live on yesterday's anointing. Amen. You can't just live on yesterday's oil. The Lord was bringing me remembrance. I was having my oil change yesterday, and I was thinking, man, that oil's been a while. It's synthetic oil, but it's 10,000 miles. That's a, that's a while. And God's like, yeah, sometimes we need to get a fresh horn of anointing oil, right? Go fill up your horn with fresh oil. Huh? Change the oil. We can't live on yesterday's oil, folks, every day. That's why we got to forgive one another. You know, Jesus said, He says, pray this way. We ask you, you forgive us of our sins as we forgive. You forgive us of our sins as we forgive others. So God, forgive me how I forgive others. There's a comparison. Woo, that's (laughs) that's a daily prayer that we're to forgive one another. As God has forgiven us, we forgive one another. Unforgiveness will get bitterness rooted inside of you you talking about being unhealthy? you'll be unhealthy, all right. You won't be discerning. You'll be critical. You'll be legalistic. You won't have the love of God. See, if you're filled with the Spirit, there's no room for that. There's no room for doubt and unbelief. There's no room for unforgiveness if you're filled with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I've been around church circles where, where people are being slain in the Spirit, but they're not walking in the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about? Meaner than a two-headed snake. They're speaking in tongues, and I've been in circles where we all get in a circle, and everybody starts praying at one time, and everybody starts speaking in tongues at one time, and I'm like, "Whoa, wow, what's going on here? but then have unforgiveness. we got to guard ourselves against bitterness. You know how to get rid of unforgiveness? You know how you know that you have forgiven somebody? Because every one of us have been hated on, hurt by someone. And we're not perfect people by no means, but we can't be hating people. we got to forgive people. You know how you can tell if you the litmus test to know that you've forgiven someone: can you bless them? Well, I can forget. I forgave them. Well, then bless them. No. <laughs> you haven't forgave them if you can't bless them. Matthew chapter six says this. He says, "Bless your enemies." That means pray for their well being. Bless means empower to succeed. Don't curse them to fail. Pray for them. Do you know that's not just good advice? That's healing. Listen, I've had people in my perspective hurt me, said some things about me and my family. And I knew that it was going to poison me and I'm not going to be able to receive. You know what? As a pastor, I need to receive revelation. But, you, you know, Paul says the Corinthian church, he says, if you're, uh, you're, you have unforgiveness and bitterness, he says, you can't receive thanks from the Lord. You can't receive new revy. You can't receive new revelation. So as a pastor, I got I to go, because hey, we've all been hurt. That's, that's life. So what do I do? I bless people that hurt me. Now, the first time I say that prayer is gritting my teeth. <laughs> so-and-so. But it's not about my emotions, it's about being obedient. Some of you are sitting here and saying, man, I've tried to forgive someone a hundred times. You're going to have to bless them a hundred times. And God will see the intent of your heart that you're blessing them. You're blessing them. And let me tell you what, the first time I'm gritting my teeth, after a while, I start seeing people in a different perspective. I like to say we all start on go, <laughs> but we don't. We have different influences, We have setbacks, we have experiences. I'm not preaching anything that I stated about this week. Someone has to hear this. Beware of bitterness. Start blessing, because what? you're not going to be filled with the spirit. If you got unforgiveness, I can tell you that right now. You get an argument with your spouse, you better get that fixed, guys. <laughs> or your prayers, James says your prayers will be hindered. <laughs> Y'all ever get in a fight with your, your spouse? Me and Dan's just disagreements, you know. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta just turn it over, to God, right? He'll heal you. Let it go. You want to walk like Jesus? Let it go. Let it go. Some people have been buried in, in a grave for 20 years and you still haven't let it go. Let it go. Let go of unforgiveness. Beware of bitterness. Amen? Amen. Beware of gossip. Amen? <clears throat> So we can overcome the flesh. Did Jesus overcome the flesh? Did he overcome temptation? He was filled with the Spirit. He was led in the Spirit. He overcome the devil. He overcome sin. Amen. He was tempted at all points as we are. Do you know that? Hebrews says, We do not have a great high priest who is not sympathetic to our needs, but he has walked a mile in your shoes. He knows all points. He's been tempted at all points, but he did not sin. Isn't that great? And he wants you to walk in this power. Do you know that? Now, Luke chapter 4, 14 through 15. So after he was tempted, what happened? I want you to see this. Luke 4, 14 through 15. Then Jesus returned in the what? Power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And then when he, he began teaching. led out of the river Jordan, filled the Spirit, led the Spirit goes to the wilderness. Overcomes temptation and sin and, f- and flesh, and then he walks out of there with power. See, God not only wants to fill you; He wants to give you power. He wants to give you power to succeed, power to speak, power to be a witness. Let's look. I got. I got to kick this in gear. Okay, Acts chapter one, four through eight. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he has said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with what? The Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they ask him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive what? Power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Power to give you ministry, power for you to be a witness, not just in here, but out there, so people can see the fruit of your spirit. Amen. He told this to five hundred people. One hundred twenty people show up. You either gonna believe this. Listen, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Just like you receive salvation by faith. You just believe, it's another experience given. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you daily, fill you daily. So you can walk it. You remember what Ephesians says? It says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be you filled. Huh? But be filled with the Spirit. That's what gives you the power. That gives you the power of being filled with the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's look at this real quick. Acts chapter 8. Everybody with me? Mm-hmm. This is a. The, Acts chapter 8 is really. Where you can really see two experiences take place here. Remember Philip? He was one of the deacons that waited on tables. Remember? Took care of the widows' tables. He got promoted from deacon, and look where he's at now. He's in Samaria. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the Sea of Samaria and preached Christ to them. What did he preach? Christ, the gospel, the good news. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were, what, healed. And there was great joy in that city when you get born again and you know that heaven is your home. For eternity and you're in the kingdom of God and you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and you'll never be separated from the Father and you'll live forever and ever, and ever 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 with the Father, there's going to be some joy. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom all they gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he astonished them with sorceries for a long time. A lot of false prophets out there, folks. Hmm? But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, do you know Jesus spoke for 40 days concerning the kingdom of God, things pertaining to the kingdom of God? You think he was just talking about the sweet by and by only? No, he's talking about how to live life right here on earth, being powered by the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, both men and women, this is But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were what? Baptized. What do you do after you get born again? You get water baptized. We have baptism in Easter. Beautiful thing. Was Jesus baptized in the river Jordan? But why came after that? The Holy Spirit. So, then Simon himself, this old sorcerer, he also believed. Isn't that great? And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracle signs which were done. Now, so, All those people in Samaria that believe, believe, believe Jesus, believe that He's a Christ. That when you believe, you become a new creation, right? It's by faith we're saved, not by works, lest a man should boast. So Samaria believes, Simon believes. They're water baptized. Now look at this next verse Acts 8, 14 through 17. Here's where you get the difference. Jesus saves you for eternal salvation. The Holy Spirit baptizes you to equip you with power for ministry. Ministry. How to take care of the first ministry, take care of your family. We wouldn't have all half the things going on in the world today if we just got our families right, amen? The broken down of the family. Oh, that's that's another rabbit hole. Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17. Is that up there? Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, when you receive, you what? You're saved. You're born again. When they received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Wait a second. I thought you got it all when you got born again. Yeah, You're sealed until the day of redemption. By the Holy Spirit. You're born again of the Spirit, but now you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He says, they, He says, for He says, Pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon what? None of them. They've only been what? In the name of the Lord Jesus. And they, they laid hands on them, and they received the Spirit. There's a biblical pattern. Elders lay hands on Leadership of the church lays hands, you can receive the Holy Spirit. How you receive it? Just like you receive Jesus Christ being baptized into salvation. You can be baptized. You got to be able to see the two different experiences here. They believe, but now they're being empowered. Here's another one, Acts chapter 19. I told you it's going to be a lot, all right? And it happened while Paul was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? A lot of lot A lot of folks think, Yeah, that's we get it all. He says, So they said to him, We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Sounds like America, right? And he said to them, "Into what then were you baptized?" So they said, "Into John's baptism." The Paul, then Paul said, "John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who comes after him, that is on Christ Jesus." When they heard this, they were what now? Baptized in the name of the Lord. Got baptized, water baptism. Now look what happens. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit what? came upon them, and what did they do? Spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. This is the church of Ephesus, the first church of Ephesus. Paulus's disciples. Paul lays hands on them. They begin prophesying, speaking in tongues. See, so here's the thing. We walk balanced in this church because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that everything needs to be done in order. And I've been in church circles where it scared me. And I've been a Christian for 20 years, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? And some, of the, some people want to move with God so bad they manufacture things. And if you see those kind of things, then you can get turned off by those kind of things, and you throw the baby out with the bathwater. And you we don't want to do that. Tongues are very real. Tongues are a sign given when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, he, he sent a rebuke letter saying, hey, I'm glad you got all the gifts, but every one of you in here are speaking in tongues. No one is understanding anyone and nothing's profiting anything. He says, I'd rather that you prophesy. Now he's not saying, I don't want you to not speak in tongues. He says, do not despise tongues. He says, He says, I I thank the Lord I speak tongues more than y'all. But he says, I'd rather speak (laughs) five words with my understanding than 10,000 tongues with no understanding. There's three kinds of tongues. The day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues and other countries heard and they heard their language being spoken. Now, I've never experienced this, but I have no missionaries that told me that, that one guy had someone who, who, who couldn't make it show up and he, he just began speaking in Spanish and the people understood him. Now, I've never experienced that, but I've heard stories about that where the Holy Spirit gave the utterance. Second tongue is where Paul's talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, that if you speak in tongue, let there be an under- interpreter. The gift of tongues says that there should be someone who interprets that tongue. That way the whole body's edified. And then there's the private tongues that we all as believers can receive when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, so why tongues? Well, why tongues? Because death and life are here. And if God can get you to submit this to Him, that's a big submission. You remember what James says? He says, we steer boats with rudders, we tame horses with bits, but the tongue no man can tame. That's why the Holy Spirit wants to get your tongue. And what that tongue does, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking to men, you're speaking unto God. Wouldn't you like to have a hotline to God? Amen. Now, when I speak in tongues, I don't do it in a public setting. I might be up in the front saying it under my breath. And I don't know when I'm speaking, but my spirit is edified, it's built up, and there's a richness, in, and it's a richness and a closeness. I go with the Holy Spirit. When I wake up in the morning, I speak in tongues. Let me tell you what it's done for my own life. When I was about 36 years of age, I was in a church. I was saved when I was nine. And when I was 36 years, all that time went to church. And I went to church and it was like, okay, I'm trying to do the, the do's and I'm trying not to do the don'ts. I'm trying to do the checklist. And I just had no power. And I'd read the Bible and, you know, <laughs> fall asleep. You know, and i feel guilty. i try to get up and pray and I just lose track. And then, you know, I went through pastors. I was in, you know, denominational churches. And, and then one day, a friend gave me a tape. That's back when it was cassette tapes, you know. And uh, I heard this pastor, uh, Willie George, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I heard him. And I thought, like, whoa. Why? Because there's an anointing. There was anointing of God. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And man, it, it just, I just, I'm like, oh man, I want what he's got. I understand him. And then he talked about the teaching. And I was just, man, Dana, we're just, man, we're just plugging tapes. We buy all those tapes for five bucks. You know, we send checks to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we just plugging those tapes in, you know, listen, listen, listen. Kids are listening, you know. We listen to things over and over and over and over. And we're being fed. And then I was over in a, uh, church here in Brenham, I'm not going to name it was, Mm -hmm. that were cessationists, all right? They didn't believe in the gifts. And I'm on the front row of Dina and I desired, I was like, Lord, just give me the Holy Spirit. I want everything you have. And all of a sudden, I raised my hand. I remember, I never raised my hand before (laughs) in church. And when I raised my hand, I started, it started flowing out of me. And it was flowing out of me and then and, and I felt like I was fixing to fly. My legs, that's uh, Dan, she pulled me back to the ground. I felt like I was fixing right there in the front of all those people. I was on the front row and got my legs was going, whoa, and she's like, pull that down. And let me tell you what happened. Let me say this your experiences can point to your faith, but don't let your faith are not based on your experiences. But I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit did with me. I went home and I opened up the Word of God and I was like, I can't find it. The light bulb came on. It was so supernatural. I knew where scriptures were. I was just like, oh. and I know this isn't Luke here. I know it's here. I know it's here. And the Holy Spirit would teach you all things and give you remembrance of all things. And the Word became alive to me. Why? Because the one who wrote it was empowering me. And he filled me up. And things happened like, you know, the Bible says in John 16, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. And he showed me preaching. I was 35 years of age and I did not. Listen, I enjoyed my own company. (laughs) I did not. Listen, (laughs) I didn't need people. He says, I think you're supposed to preach. I'm like, I don't need anybody. I'm fine on my own. I'll serve the Lord just me and him, right? But then the Lord started giving me visions after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I saw my parents. <laughs> I was preaching. And even the right side where they were sitting and I had this building. But I saw my parents sitting there. And i preaching to them with other people there. Shows you things to come. Long story short, within three years, I was in a church pastoring. God brought me into another church. Amen. All glory to him. None to me. The first time I got to preach the first message, I remember I paced like I was a caged animal. I was back there like, you know? And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, there's, there's attorneys here today. There's, you know, doctors in the audience, you know? What's this old country boy going to say, you know? But then I began speaking in the Lord just like, I can't explain it. I know Brent knows about it. He's just like the Lord takes over. It gives you power. It will show you things to come. You know the beautiful thing about... One more scripture, okay? What time is it? Real quick. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses... For we do know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes what? Intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Hallelujah. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God. You're speaking mysteries. You're not speaking to people. You're not speaking to man. But the reason we don't do it in a church setting is because everybody thinks it's gibberish. And folks that don't know about it, the first time baby Christians or people walk in, they're going to come in and think, you're mad. But it doesn't mean that we don't do it. Well, Paul's saying, do it, but do it to build you up. Get filled before you come in here. Get filled before you get in here. Sometimes we don't know what we should pray. And I'll begin speaking in tongues. And listen, it's, it's not my understanding speaking it. I'll be speaking as the Holy Spirit inner season just comes out and starts flowing and I, I can start then the Lord will start directing me what I need to be praying about I had an uncle I'm going to end with this alright I had an uncle that back when he was about 50 he had a heart attack he, they took him to the hospital and um, me and Dana were in the spirit praying in the spirit just praying we're filled with the Holy Spirit we believe the thanks of God and she had a vision. See, I show you some things can come. See, sometimes we don't know how to pray for that uncle that had a heart attack. And with her understanding. But we pray in the spirit. And then Dana just looked and says, you know what? I, I see a vision. I see this. I can't explain it. Get her to tell you one day, but she says it's just like all these tubes and, and these things are just running. And I see these things just running. And 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 all of a sudden this one develops and Things are just flowing again. I'm not telling you the way she could. She'd give you every detail. But then we get a phone call from the hospital. They were going to do surgery on my uncle. He said, we don't have to do surgery. He says, his heart had a blockage, but it made a new way. It made a new vein. It went through a difference. So he never had surgery. He hadn't had surgery. Where would that come from? See, we don't know why we should pray, but the Holy Spirit gives you an utterance to speak. Because the Holy Spirit knows the perfect will of God. And so when he he knows the perfect will of God, then he intercedes for you so that you will speak the perfect will of God back to the Father. That's great. Maybe you're here today, you never received the Holy Spirit. How do you receive it? Just by faith. You can come down. We're going to have Pastor Brent, would you come down here in the front? Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.